Welcome back to Athens' favorite history podcast, Is, Is This Too niche? niche? I'm Jada. And I'm Zoe. And we're your host. Before we get started, this episode is my shit. I love fairies. I love fantasy. I'm the ultimate escapist. This will be way up your alley if you relate at all. Also, follow me on Goodreads if you want any <laughs> book recs. That was shameless. <laughs> shameless plug. I love Goodreads. Jada underscore cicada. Follow mm. me. All right, let's let's hop right into it because I don't think we got any responses from our Q and A. That's because our Q and A went up late. <laughs> it so did go, go up in late. and go in and add your responses now. Yeah, that wasn't our fault. But no, Anchor is trying to plot on our downfall. Yeah, it's okay though. We it it cannot get us. It's okay. All right, let's get right into it. As you mentioned, the topic is fairies. I feel I, like I feel like that wasn't. Concrete. I feel like I didn't. No. Yeah. I. <laughs> I never actually said that. Yeah. <laughs> we we also may have a bit of overlap from the folklore and fairy Which tales. Which is fine because that's like our best episode. It is. I love that episode. I mean, I love that episode, but I also meant like it performed the best because that sounded really like conceited of me. Too. Yeah. Like, um, that's our best episode. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I like that episode. Yeah, we love fairies. We are fairies in the soul mm-hmm. so that's what we're talking about is yeah fairies. history of fairies it's super interesting and we'll probably do more episodes branching off of folklore and fairies. Yeah. at least i know i will because that was a very general topic and there was a lot of stuff that i didn't even like get to touch on there, well there's so much to everything we could well, yeah. have like five more episodes for fairies this is crazy all right so the earliest mentions of fairies are in the writings of the gervasi of tilbury a 12th century English scholar who traveled to many kingdoms and provinces and basically compiled hundreds of stories about the unexplained marvels of the natural world. Super interesting. But the first tales of fairies dated all the way back in Greek mythology. As we know, Greek mythology is full of magic and supernatural critters, so it really isn't surprising to me that this is where fairies originate. Really, fairies showed up all around the world. There weren't any singular type or look to fairies. Fairies come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> Ally! <laughs> <laughs> fairies within ancient Greek mythology were called nymphs. In various legends, nymphs were very beautiful, graceful women who were related to the gods. The nymphs often lived in sacred trees that people treated with great respect. These trees were very important to the nymphs. They were wise and extraordinary in size, and when the nymph died, her tree did as well. The nymphs were divided into a few different subgroups. Meliers were ash tree nymphs. Also, I'm so sorry for my pronunciation on all these things. It's rancid. Dryads were oak tree nymphs. Naiads were freshwater nymphs. Nereids were sea nymphs. And Finally, Oreads were mountain nymphs. Which would you be? Which would I be? I think I'd be a tree nymph. I actually I, took a BuzzFeed quiz <laughs> while doing the research. I think I'd be a mountain nymph. Personally. Yeah. No, that's valid. I, I can see you as that. I guess I'd be an oak tree nymph. Also, right? maybe sea nymphs. But I kind of lean more towards mountain. Yeah. I, I think just, I can see you as either. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I did take a, a nymph quiz. Yeah, you're a little bit more qualified in this area. (laughs) 
The nymphs were often figured in stories in, about love, either as the pursuer or the pursued, but were also strongly connected to nature, almost in like an anthropomorphic style, which is super interesting. So I'm gonna tell you some stories about our nymphs. The first one is about Hylas, one of Hercules' friends, and during a journey the two of them were sent on, Hylas was sent to fetch drinking water for the group when he was lured to a pond by naiads and he was never seen again. The supposed story was that one of the nymphs, Ephidadia, immediately became enraptured by his beauty and hugged him, dragging him to the bottom of the lake, which caused him to drown. Whoops. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Another pretty famous nymph in Greek mythology is Daphne, who was a nymph of the river laden of Arcadia in Thessalia. According to mythology, the god Apollo offended Eris, the god of love, by mocking his archery skills, and Eris retaliated by shooting two arrows. One hit Apollo and filled him with a lust for Daphne, and the other hit Daphne that filled her with hatred for anything romantic. Why, why did he have to ruin both their, their lives? Yeah. Like, dramatic. Anyways... Daphne turned so tired of Apollo's lust that she prayed to Gaia for help, and in return, Gaia turned Daphne into a laurel tree. Apollo then, and still is, regularly associated with the laurel leaves. He even has been adorned with laurel leaves in many depictions of it. I talked about this in the Muse episode, but it was really annoying to me that in order to, like, escape apollo's attempts to literally rape her she had to turn into a tree that's actually yeah that's stupid yeah it's it's insane but cancel apollo like for real real. (laughs) yeah oh my god the nymphs were also companions of the gods during their youth and would actually be playmates to these gods one example of this being pallas who was good friends with the goddess athena and when pallas and athena were playing war games pallas was accidentally killed and in memory of her friend, Athena created a monument called the Palladium, which became a very, very important relic to the Trojans. It was said that the Palladium was a protective charm, and if it were removed from the city, the city would fall. Hmm. That's like another look back at our heist episode, because everyone was constantly trying to steal the Palladium to... Oh, yeah. Crazy. I love callbacks. Yeah, Always. There are many, many different stories of nymphs, but I am only going to tell you one more, and it's possibly my favorite. It's adorable. And I've already thought about it all the time, so let's get into it. That's about the story of Narcissus and the nymph Echo. Narcissus was a, a beautiful young man who everyone loved. However, there was no one who Narcissus would return his affection to. Because he was obsessed with himself. Yeah. Obviously, as, well, narciss- as he should be. <laughs> And Echo was a nymph who was destined the fate of only being capable of being able to repeat the sounds and the last words of others, and one day she spotted and fell in love with Narcissus. She followed him throughout the woods, only capable of repeating his words. After all the longing for Narcissus, he one day returned to the woods and tried to call for Echo, and she soon appeared and tried to hold Narcissus, thinking that their romance would soon begin. But Narcissus immediately rejected her, and Echo ran to hide. Echo's body and soul wasted away, longing for Narcissus's love, and she is now forever hiding amongst the leaves and caves in the forest. So every time you hear an echo in the woods, that is the nymph Echo returning 
your words, which I think is adorable. That is cute. To end on the happy note, since Narcissus denied love from everyone, the gods faded that Narcissus could never have anything that he loved. We know how his story ends with him falling in love with his own reflection and dying longing for love. All right, I'm, we're going to go over to Zoe's corner. Take it away. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the Zoe corner. But wait, don't take your coats off. We aren't getting comfy today. What? You are not invited in today. We're going on a field trip to the <gasps> Enchanted Forest. Oh my gosh, Pixie Hollow. And we're going to talk about fairy adjacent creatures. So before we go into the forest, there are some things that you should know. The forests can be dangerous and are known to be frequented by all sorts of fantastical creatures, so I should probably fill you in before we go on our adventure. Thanks to Jada, we're becoming familiar with our fairy friends or enemies. But let's be on the lookout, because in the Middle Ages, people firmly believed in the existence of fairies. They were thought to be human-like but have ambiguous morals. They could either curse or bless you, and sometimes they seduced humans. Other fairies lived far away in the fairy realm. According to some medieval literature, portals in the woods such as log tunnels could take you away to this realm, but fairies were known to abduct humans and take them away, so we might want to avoid such portals. As a matter of fact, in a tale from the 1300s called Sir Orfeo, the protagonist Orfeo travels to the fairy realm to rescue his wife. In the fairy realm, the land is lush and green, and the fairy king lives in a castle, and fairies travel on white horses to abduct humans. I want to go there. Yeah, I want to go abduct there. Me. In the tale, he uh, Orfeo successfully saved his wife. Does this tale sound familiar? That's because it is a retelling of the Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Eurydice! And, of course, in this tale, Orpheus does not rescue his wife from the underworld, which is a little awkward compared to Sir Orfeo, but whatever. To be honest, fairies are probably the least of our concerns on this journey. There are so many more creatures to be aware of, so let's discuss. On your journey, you need to watch your step. Some enchanted forests contain sentient trees known to cause mischief. There are tales of horsemen being knocked off their horse by the branch of a vengeful, by the branch of a vengeful tree. Oh my gosh! Like Wizard of Oz <laughs> with the apples. If our journey takes us to the mountains, we ought to be on the lookout for dwarves. Mountain dwarves are friendly for the most part. They're known for their skills in metalwork, and sometimes they are known to bless travelers with enchanted treasure. Mine-dwelling dwarves are a bit more vengeful, so let's be on the lookout. According to Germanic, Scandinavian, and Norse folklore, dwarves live in highly organized subterranean societies. Mm -hmm. Similar to dwarves, we may also encounter gnomes on our journey. They're nothing to be feared, but they're awfully materialistic, so if you want to get on their good side, you should offer them some gold. Gnomes are believed to have created mines, and can even be skilled in magic and alchemy. Although, we should be careful not to offend them because they did cause a landslide to destroy a village back in the 1600s. Should our journey take us to boss country in France, we ought to keep an eye out for giants. Likewise, if we reach Armenia. Let me explain. Armenians believed that a giant named Haik, who assisted in building the Tower of Babel, and Haik was supposedly the founder of the Armenian state, so he was rather friendly and not a source of worry, but on the other hand, if we trek through the Celtic regions, we should watch out for sleeping giants who are disguised as hills, lest they be awakened by music. Of course, none of us are amateurs, but I should remind you where, what beanstalks entail. 
We should carry blackberries with us if we reach Bulgaria, because giants that once lived there were fearsome enough to fight dragons, but they were scared of tripping over blackberry bushes. Hmm. The Netherlandish landscape was believed to have been formed by giants who must have had an eye for gardening. Callback. Yeah. Now I must mention elves. They are morally ambiguous, so as long as we stay on their good side, we should be all right. But be warned, the elf shot is an awful way to die. If you're shot with an arrow from an elf's bow, you're sure to succumb to an awful illness. Wild men and satyrs are fearful woodland creatures, and should we encounter one, we're surely doomed. Satyrs go all the way back to the myths of ancient Greece. They were known as Dionysus' companions, and they were known for their drunkenness and sexual aggressiveness and animal-like qualities. As a matter of fact, they have ears, legs, and tails of either horses or goats and are sometimes associated with Pan, another elusive Greek god. I was going to say I would be one of those <laughs> until you said that. Yeah. Because I want to be a goat like, <laughs> from Percy Jackson. Unless you're interested in participating in a Bacchanal, steer clear. A sure sign of a satyr is a left-behind fairy ring, so keep your eyes peeled. While I'm not too concerned about goblins and imps, we should keep them in mind regardless. Goblins are very malicious. They're grotesque-looking creatures who will do harm to anyone who they come across. The only exception is hobgoblins, who are simple pranksters and pretty much harmless. Trolls and orcs are also something to be aware of. They're closely related, but trolls live in families far away from humans on rocks, mountains, and caves. They're known to be very old and slow-moving, but not very smart, so... I think we could outsmart them. But if we Mm. come across them, count your prayers, because they are notorious man-eaters. Luckily, they're scared of lightning, and according to Scandinavians, if they come in contact with sunlight, they'll turn to stone. And finally, shall we run it? <laughs> shall we run into a unicorn in the forest? We ought to have it captured so as to obtain the magical properties of its horn. But Whoa. a unicorn can only be captured by a virgin, so chastity wins. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. Now that you've learned the basics, tie up your hiking boots and let's get to walking. We have places to see and creatures to encounter. I'm off on my journey and I'll let Jada tell us more about fairies. Cute. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. I orchestrated that very well. Yeah, that was cute. I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to see all these creatures. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's keep going on the fairies. Now that we're prepared on our adventure, we're headed around the world. Yeah. So when we think of fairies, we generally think of them as good fairies, but there was a time when people genuinely feared fairies. In Ireland in particular, the fear was of upsetting the fairies within Celtic culture. But before even the Celts, the enchanted mythical fairies and leprechauns of Irish folklore come from an ancient divine race called the Tuatha de Danann, or people of the mother goddess Danu who were actually the last race of gods before the Celts. Now, not only the Tuatha de Danann, there was also another group of settlers called the Fomorians, who are featured in Celtic myths as giants and sea raiders. But overall, the Fomorians were categorized as representative of all the evil in the world and as the bad elves, while the Tuatha de Danann were the good elves. And according to legend, a third part came, the Malaysians, which is modern-day Gales, came and the Danans were overthrown by them. It's said that a bargain was struck after the warring ended and the Malaysians offered to split the lands of Ireland and the Malaysians chose the land above the ground and the Danan were left to preside over the lands below. And the Tuatha de Danan 
were forced to live out of sight in the form of fairies. Within Irish mythology, the Tuatha de Danann were sometimes referred to as the people of the city and the little people. So when either of these are mentioned, we are talking about the Danons. Okay. There are a few possible reasons of the existence of the stories of the Danon, one of which is that the Danons were actually a euphemism that represents the afterglow of Irish guilt over their exploitation of more artful aborigines. Another possible reason is that by the time the Christian monks, this is actually really interesting, mm-hmm. began recording the legends of the Tuatha de Danann, they were divine creatures. However, obviously, there could be no other god than the Christian god in the eyes of the monks. So instead of portraying the Danons as godlike, they made them into little fairies and later elves in order to diminish them, which honestly is a slay. Jokes yeah. on them. Yeah, I'd much rather be a fairy than a god. Yeah, me too. A really big part of Celtic mythology is the o- other world, which is the realm of deities and mythical beings along with the dead. And there are many paths into the other world, one of which was really intriguing to me. That is the cave of Owainagat, or the Battle Cave. It was long said to be the entrance to the other world, but was later Christianized like much of ancient history, to be known as the entrance to hell. Super interesting. Also, Otherworld in Columbus. Have you been there? Actually, you're not even from Ohio. No, but I've been been to Columbus, um, but no, I have not. I don't believe I've been to Otherworld. There's Otherworld in Columbus where it's like an art installation and you literally look like you're in Otherworld. I wonder if that's where they got the name or something. I guess it's not that it's like not that. I mean, they could have. I don't know. Yeah, it would be kind of interesting because it's it's kind of like you're entering a fairy world. That would be kind of cool. They should take that up. Yeah. There's another symbol, lone hawthorn trees, that in Ireland are referred to as fairy trees and are heavily inhabited by fairies that are visible to humans only if they have the gift to see the fairies. I better have that gift, <laughs> or I'm suing. A lot of the Irish culture surrounding fairies is focused on living peacefully among them and not angering them. Among us. (laughs) No. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So fairies aren't all nice and peaceful. (laughs) It is said that infringing on any space inhabited by fairies will cause them to retaliate and remove the people or objects that invaded their home. Which brings us to the myth of the changelings, which is a form of a fairy who would often replace the children who trespass into the land with changelings as a punishment. Oh my god! I feel like changelings have come up more often on like TikTok and stuff. Oh, interesting. I cannot say that I've seen that, but I, I did discuss it a little bit in that folklore episode. Yeah, they just like come up more and more. It's it's weird. In medieval times, if a child had any deformities, illnesses, or conditions that are unexplained, the people would think that their child had been replaced by a changeling, and the kids were sometimes abandoned or even killed because of this. Boo, don't do that. Actually, in 1895, and I don't know why I'm laughing, an Irish woman named Bridget Cleary on March 14th, that's my was brutally murdered by her husband, father, and three uncles who all were convinced that she was a changeling. 
This story is absolutely insane, and the delusions were very, very real. After her husband killed his wife and buried her, he waited for days, believing that the fairies would bring his wife back. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, dude. So, in Irish culture, fairies are said to live amongst the mortals, and there are still little superstitious things that the people do in order to maintain the harmony, which is adorable. All right, so we are heading over to Iceland, which have mythical beings called Hoidefolk, who are more considered elves, but elves and fairies kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. throughout history, as we found out in Zoe's Corner. The origin of the Hoidefolk has a Christian aspect and can be traced back to a period before the fall of man. The story is set in the Garden of Eden, and one day God comes to visit Adam and Eve and requests to meet their children. But at the time, Eve was bathing them and hadn't finished doing so. So she hid the dirty ones so God wouldn't be presented with dirty children. God then asked Eve if there are any more children he hadn't met yet, and Eve goes, no, no, that's it. God knew that she lied and declared the ones that had been hidden from him that they would also be hidden from man. Dramatic. Mm-hmm. And those dirty children became the first folk. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another theory on their origin is that the folk came into being following the revolt of Lucifer in heaven. The soon-to-be folk were those who neither supported nor opposed of the devil and his fallen angels, and because they were neutral, the folk were driven down to earth and forced to live in the rocks and hills. Once again, dramatic. Yeah. Nevertheless, the folk exist in Icelandic culture, and there are many who believe that they have the unique ability to communicate with them. One specific story that I thought was interesting was about the destruction of the Hoidafolk habitat with the construction of a highway. The highway was meant to cut through a very important Hoidafolk habitat that contained an elf church, which was a jagged rock formation. In the end, a seer who would communicate with the Hoidafolk mediated between them and the highway builders and came to a solution that the highway could be built here as long as the elf church was carefully relocated to a new site. There are even some instances where the road have odd narrowing and changing in order to not disturb the Hoytafolk homes. Me and the girls on the way to Elf Church. <laughs> and you can see a picture of this on our Instagram, one of the roads that had been moved, which is crazy how serious. It's like the opposite of that. It's like the opposite of that episode of SpongeBob where oh my God, Plankton just... makes like a highway that just goes right through the Krusty Krab and then the Krusty Krab goes out of business and then like. They're living in, like, an apocalyptic hellscape because of Plankton's highway. (laughs) Sorry. I wasn't allowed to watch Spongebob as a kid. So. I'm sure someone got that reference. Yeah. (laughs) In most of Iceland's fairy culture, the humans coexisted alongside the elves and fairies. And one study by the University of Iceland estimated that 62% of the nation believed that the existence of elves is more than a fairy tale. That's a crazy number. And it is theorized that the belief in Hoytafolk and elves were diminished after Iceland went through the Enlightenment, which is kind of sad. Yeah. And we are now heading to China, which has a really interesting history with fairies. 
In Sangshi Dui, a group of archaeologists uncovered around 10 bronzewares that had never been excavated before that actually point to fairies being real, dating back to around 3,000 years ago during the Shu Kingdom. These objects are believed to have been sacrificial offerings as a way to communicate with spirit fairies, which is so freaking cool. To me, it seems like there's like a lot of evidence pointing towards fairies <laughs> being real, and I, I believe it. Okay. In Chinese tradition, the fairies are considered deities that are still worshipped today. The fairies were human beings who had achieved immortality through the constant practice of Taoism. Taoists believed in the spiritual immortality, where the spirit of the body joins the universe after death, and that humans and animals would live in balance with the universe. Beautiful. I'm going to send you to our Instagram to look at an artwork titled Fairy and Crane. It is an embroidery piece created during the 18th century. It's an image of a fairy walking on a bridge, carrying a basket of plants accompanied by a white crane. This fairy is possibly a famous Chinese fairy named Magu, and this is her story. Magu was a 5th century Taoist shaman and alchemist who could walk on water in her shoes. Her husband murdered her and dumped her body in a lake, and after she died, Magu ascended into the celestial zone where she attained fairy status and became Hsiwang Mu's handmaiden. She was a divine waitress who served the peaches of immortality to the Jade Emperor in the heavenly court. Magu strictly prohibits violence, fishing, and hunting with her, within her sacred temple precinct, and if they violate this rule, she will drown them in her lake. Real. So cool. Like, such an interesting part of fairy history. Yeah. Now we are going to look at some African folklore surrounding fairies. So, of course, we are talking about yumbos. Yumbos are a part of the Wolof culture of Senegal. These people are also called Bakna Rakna, or good people. They are described as two feet in height and having a pearly white color with silver hair and hold the spirits of the dead within them. The Yumbos were said to attach themselves to a chosen family and care for them. The Yumbos live beneath the Paps Hill, three miles inland from the Gori Island, and they come out at night to dance in the moonlight. Me and the girls. Dancing in the moonlight, everybody's feeling warm and bright. It's... I'm not very good at lyrics. I'm kidding. You're so mean. I'm not. And these yumbos, I'm just going to get I'm a vengeful fairy. Uh, Yeah, I can tell. (laughs) And these yumbos have feasts where they invite both natives and foreigners, and they are all served by invisible servants who only, with only their feet and hands visible. The Yumbos mostly live just like normal people. One funny thing is that Yumbos love plum wine, especially when it becomes sour, and they drink it and become very drunk. And when they're drunk, they sing loudly, beat on drums, and just go wild. Me and the girls. I cannot stress enough how me and the girls that is. (laughs) I'm so sure. You, You going back to your dorm and reading in your bed after this? And okay. me doing the same thing. Yeah, you have no right to call me out on that. <laughs> Our next fairies are the Makia Wisu, or the little people who live in the rocks of the Mohegan Hill. It's said that when you hear the call of the whippoorwill, it signals the Makia Wisu's 
arrival. According to tradition, they must be treated with respect because they are good spirits. The Mohegan tribe would leave baskets of food in the woods for the Mekiawasugs, who would come wearing moccasins, flowers for shoes, and gather the gifts in the night. There is also a rule of etiquette for them. Those who see the Mekiawasugs should not look directly at them. They think it's rude. And if they catch you staring, they'll point a finger at you, rooting you to the ground, and they'll take your belongings. Another rule is don't speak of them in the summer when they are most active. And in return for the kindness, they taught the Mohegan people how to grow corn and use healing plants. They are said to keep the earth well and grant favors for those who honor their ways. But when the English colonizers came and disrupted the traditional way of Mohegan life, many forgot to help the Mekiwe Souk. Not cool. Our next fairies are from Aboriginal culture. They are called Mimi spirits. They are beings from the Armin lands of the Aboriginal Australians of Northern Australia. They are described as having long, thin bodies that could snap in the wind. Because of this, they would live in rock crevices. It's said that the Mimi taught the Aboriginal people how to paint and how to hunt and cook kangaroo meat and were generally harmless. Obviously today, there are so many depictions of fairies and I absolutely live for it. We're avid Pixie Hollow visitors, so today we're gonna rank the Tinkerbell inner circle fairies. Are you ready? Yeah, but you're gonna have a different ranking than I am. Well, yeah, that's um, the point. Okay, you go first. Okay, I'm gonna start at the bottom because I already know okay. who's at the bottom, Okay. Tinkerbell. Okay. She's full of herself and she only thinks about herself and her talent isn't that interesting. No offense. Okay. Next at the bottom, I'm going to put... This is actually really hard. <laughs> Rosetta. It's not that hard. Rosetta, I love her. I think she's fabulous. I love her so much. She just whines too much, mm -hmm. you know? It's Understandable. like... Eh, you know? And she has such a cool power, I just feel like she should use it a little mm -hmm. bit in different ways. Like Yeah. I <laughs> agree. Yeah. All right. My next one would be Silver Mist. Okay. She... I love Silver Mist. I, we're getting to like top four, is this? Top four? Sure. Yeah. Silver Mist is great. Love her. Yeah. My third would be... <sighs> Vidya. Love, love Vidya. I think she was the realest. The realest. Oh my god, I love that. She was the realest she was fairy. The realest. She was the baddest. Yeah, we love her. So my second favorite would be Iridessa. I love Iridessa. Yeah. I think she's like the mom she's of the like, group and yeah. she's she's just sweet and I yeah. like her. And if I we also have to go through which talent you would be. And then my top would be Fawn. That's her name, right? Yes. Fawn. I love Fawn. I love her whole vibe. I think I am her. I wanna be her. Okay. I, I like that. Um my ranking is gonna be a little different though. On the bottom, we have Silver Mist. I'm sorry, Why? guys. I never liked her as a Why? kid. Why? She's like chill. she was just boring to me. Okay, I can like, see that. I didn't like have any interest in her, and I was just like, okay, like 
I, I can see that. I, I mean, honestly, when I rank these, the only one that I feel strongly about not liking is Tinkerbell. Like, yeah. that's the only one. All the other yeah. ones could Well, fall. that's how I feel about Silver Mist. I don't know why. Weird. I'm, I'm sorry. Why do you not like, like, I why do you know. like Tinkerbell? I mean, Tinkerbell's coming up next. She's, I hate Tinkerbell. Okay. <laughs> uh, right above Silver Mist, we have Tinkerbell. I don't have anything against her personally, but, you know, like, main I personally do. I know, but main characters can get kind of boring sometimes. I think her talent is kind of cool. I'm sorry. I like the Tinker talent. Sorry. sorry. I th I'm Okay. Sorry. You look so annoyed with me right now. <laughs> no, it's just like... This is supposed to be a safe space. It's and not, actually. And... Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's... I don't know. The Tinker Fairy is cool, but it kind of reminds me of my brother. Because he would be a Tinker Fairy in Pixie Hollow, and I don't want to be anywhere near him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That was a joke for Hunter, who's probably listening and supports our podcast. Next up is Rosetta for me. Valid. I Wait, did you say Tinkerbell or? You yeah, it was Silvermist, Tinkerbell, okay. Rosetta. Okay. I just like, I mean, I think her, yeah, like I think she's cute and I like her talent, but like her character, like she's a little, a little. Mid. Yeah, mid. Exactly. Perfect way to put it. Here's where the things get a little bit tough. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to put Fawn as my third. I love her. Don't get me wrong. But the next two are just, I like them more. So, sorry. So then we have Iridessa. I love Plays Iridessa. the boots house down. She does. I can't really say the word I was going to say there, but, um, yeah. That's, I've, she, yeah, she slays. But guess who really takes the cake for me? No, I know. I've said this so many times before. Vidya is number one. Mm -hmm. She will always be number one. I love she Vidya. She will always be on top. She will never, the crown will never be taken from her. She's the realist. That's the thing. She's the realist. She's the baddest. She's realist. Vidya's on top. And if I had to pick a talent for myself, I I think I'd be Tinker. I don't know what else I would be. There's like nothing else? I mean, I could see, like, ideally I would love to say that I'm a garden fairy, but like, realistically, yeah, I, have killed, I have killed every plant in my dorm room. Yeah. So... Yeah, they're on the floor outside your window. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> um, so I think I'd be a Tinker Fairy. I I think that's kind of cool. I I'd like the lost things in aspect of yeah. it, like you go out, but Tinkerbell. Made I think that. of it more as like a little like fun little like crafty kind of thing. They're they're like the closest you can be in Pixie Hollow to like factory worker. Oh well, maybe I don't want to be a Tinker Fairy. Yeah. I'm I'm picturing it more from like a crafty point of view though. But it's like not yeah. like they they weave baskets to send over to the winter. Well, I would love weaving baskets. That would be fun. Well, then you do that. Okay, then I, I support it. Then because you can be crafty if you're you, weaving yeah, a basket. Yeah, you can like, that's be crafty, craft. but like also the fairies that get to paint like the butterfly wings and the okay, ladybugs, yeah. like that's way cooler. That is really really cool. To be fair. Yeah, and. Tinkerbell like supports factory workers because she makes the she when she first was hired as not hired when she was given the Tinker Fairy thing yeah. talent she made all these things that would make their work faster yeah so she instead that's not a sleigh no I'm that a, that is like no it's she's not pro pro worker pro union pro blue collar but I I personally I think it would be so much more Tinkerbell is a socialist no. queen. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. No, like, because it's so much cooler to have them, like, hand paint ladybugs Okay, and I guess stuff. that is fair. 
but like it's just cool i i don't know for some things that's okay but not for like yeah i understand i can understand that i want to paint my own butterfly wings of like an artisan yeah, yeah, the art of painting ladybugs. Yeah, so you, I okay, I, I understand that. Yeah, there's different so ways. It's a very nuanced topic. It is. That we're, that it we're is. Getting into but here. it's it's real. It's a real problem in Pixie Hollow. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay, what would you be? I oh, I would be so. I okay, I've been actually between a light fairy and an animal fairy, okay. but I think I would just live in love in animal fairy yeah. land. But also, I would love to be a light. I don't really know why I want to be a light fairy. I just like, or even the, you know, what in Tinkerbell and the Pirate Fairy when they introduced the fairies with the um, pixie dust talent, sure. like Terrence from. I'm sorry, I'm really into these I, movies. Yeah, I haven't. I'm not <laughs> quite there. Yeah, so they introduced basically a new fairy. And correct me if I'm wrong in my fairy lore, but. They introduced this new talent, which is when you, she, the whole scope of the movie is that she made these new pixie dust that would give you the powers of the other fairies. Oh, So that's okay. kind of slay. Yeah. But I would be an animal fairy. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I love that. I'm also like movies. looking through this list of, um, like talents and then it gets really niche into like really niche talents. There's like... A doorknob talent. What does that even doorknob? mean? Doorknob? Or like fruit stomping. Fruit stomping. Grass weeding. Wait, so that is totally like, so they made like the main, okay, I'm confused because when did they pick those? I think that's like within like. Are there branches? Of yeah, like if you're, if you're um, like a water fairy, you might specialize in like frost. Or if well, you're. That's if, a winter if, fairy thing. Oh, my bad. Okay, <laughs> let me find a better example. If you're a... Frost fairies, those exist. Yeah, if you're, like... No, you could just say if you're a tinker fairy, you specialize in doorknobs. Yeah, I guess. that's There's that, yeah. Or, like, if you're a garden fairy, you specialize in fruit stomping. Well, cute. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know what your ranking is, or what fairy you would be is that gonna be the question for this week yeah i'm gonna okay. th it, just let us know what talent you would have or mm -hmm. if you are well and be known of the fairy lore tell us what ranking you would give the tinkerbell inner circle fairies. yeah happy spring break yes we'll see you in two weeks we're not doing an episode next week and we're also not doing an episode during the week of spring break so we'll be back after that yeah maybe even three because yeah however that works yeah but we'll be back yeah so the next episode i'm going to be talking about the history of the study of astrology Ooh. so my astrology girlies yes pisces it's I'm, my birthday march 14th yeah. everyone wish me a happy birthday yeah. i'm gonna post for my own birthday no that's fair because i love my birthday yeah happy early birthday to jada Yay. and yeah thanks for listening tune in next week yeah thanks for listening we love you guys